Hey, Vikings fans, number 96 Brian Robison is bringing NYC's cheesiest food stand to U.S. Bank Stadium. Visit Mack Truck Mac and Cheese on Minnesota Vikings game days for a new game time snack. There's going to be a lot of opportunities for our defense to continue to find ways to be successful. Last Monday wasn't the, the best way of doing that, but we're, we're still fairly healthy. So why, why press the panic button now? I have faith in the fact that the veteran leadership and the new coaching staff are going to be able to get across the message of that was last week, this is this week. Don't let that compound and turn into a problem for week three against the Lions. Welcome into the Minnesota Vikings podcast brought to you by Pepsi. That's what I like. Pepsi, official soft drink of the Minnesota Vikings. I'm Tatum Everett. I've got Jay Nelson here in with me inside TCO Studios, radio studios. And Jay, it was a tough environment, a tough outing resulting in a 24-7 Monday night football loss for the Vikings, who are now 1-1 one one with a short week ahead against another 1-1 one one team, the Detroit Lions. They come to town on Sunday, Jay. We'll talk about that one later this week, but we really need to digest and dissect what just happened on Monday night. I was there. Where did you catch the game? I was sitting at home in the bunker, okay. uh, sitting in, sitting on the couch, just trying to get everything ready and, and enjoy the game as much as I could, you know, made some food and kind of. Do you get to enjoy away games a little bit? Kind of. Okay. It's more of a, it's more of a love hate relationship of, of not <laughs> being there. Yeah. Um, it, it's always fun to be there. It's also the logistics of, you know, three slash 4 a.m. flights home from late night games and stuff like that. You're telling like, me. Oh, for sure. So those are the things that I don't miss about that. And, you know, being in the environment and stuff, especially if you win is amazing. You know, when you don't get the result that you want, those can be some very, very long nights and early mornings. And so um, for me, being at home, you know, there were still responsibilities I had last night for some of the content that we were putting out. Mm -hmm. So it's more of a... Well, and technically it's a Monday, so you have to, like, actually get ready for the week ahead. Exactly. And that's the thing, too, with it being a Monday night game, it tends to take some of our production schedule and just condense it. So things that we would normally deal with on Mondays are now done on Tuesdays. And um, yesterday for me was kind of a catch up day, given that the majority of people were gone. Um, But it was nice that, you know, we were able to do that and anticipating the game, looking forward to it, looking for, you know, the the fun, high powered, crazy game that everyone anticipated. And it just didn't turn out that way. No, I think you you said you wanted to play catch up. And I think this team just couldn't catch up after they dug themselves such a large hole right out of the gate. You know, the environment was definitely tough. Uh, it was one of my first NFL regular season games that I've been to. Um, they're not lying when they say that Eagles fans are um, tough. It is very difficult. They flicked us off the entire ride in. <laughs> and I was like, man, I mean, I, I've driven for how you know however many years of my life now, and I've never been flicked off this much, probably total in my entire driving career. <laughs> Welcome to Philly fans. I mean, oh, for, man. I, I was there for the, the 2017 NFC Championship game. And so, yeah, there was there's a whole different level of, of uh, crazy fans. Um, you tend to get the Philly fans with that kind of an MO. You also kind of get the Raiders fans a little bit that way. Um, there's just different fan bases that, that ramp it up to another level. And when you are in Philly uh, on a Monday night game where they have the entire day to uh, pregame if yeah. they need to, 
I'm sure it was a very, very spirited and raucous environment. It was. It was. And obviously because the Eagles are a team to watch right now. I mean, the NFC's pretty much wide open and you've got the Eagles now 2-0, and one of the few in the NFC undefeated. And I mean, in every essence of the way, it looked like over the last two games they should have. Um, they came out, they had a very strong game plan. They knew what they wanted their identity to be. They changed things up from the week before. And they were able to stop a team that really felt great after week one. And, um, you know, I, I, I think the team in the second half – well, it's funny. I, well, let's let's actually before I start, you know, getting into all this, let's. I figured I'd bring back the vent session from last season, at least for this this, this game. I feel like this is a game we need to kind of let it all out because we really do have to forget about it so fast. For sure. And so, I, if you don't remember, or if I, if you have, a, or if you're a new listener, we give each other about a minute to kind of let it all out before we think ahead to the next week. So, Jay, I'm going to put you on the clock for one minute. Sounds good. Do you know what you're going to say? Uh, sure. <laughs> I got. I mean, here's the thing. There's 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 a laundry list of stuff that oh, I'm sure wow. that's out there. Oh wow! Just so. a laundry list? Oh, for sure. All right. Okay. Hopefully, you can fit it in a minute. I'll count you down. Three, two, one. Uh, frustration part was we anticipated it being a high scoring uh, offensive type game on both sides of the ball, and it just felt like you were stuck in the mud the entire game. Virtually, um, there were turnovers that that were caused by the defense and special teams you had a blocked field goal you had an interception still couldn't get any points off of that and what was really kind of funky was the fact that all of the points were scored in the first half and it feels like the second half you kind of settled in and settled down but you still had opportunities and offensively you could not punch those in you had I believe it was four opportunities inside the 30 yard line of the Eagles and you got zero points off of those four drives that way so for us and watching it at home part of the thing is is you don't get to see everything that's happening because of the limited scope of the cameras so there's certain things like I was looking for but you just don't see it so I was frustrated trying to figure out why things were happening certain ways but um, overall as a fan watching that game last night it just felt like you really got off the bus and did not put your best foot forward because you were so stuck not being able to capitalize on the problems that you caused I put you on stopwatch not timer so I'm being <laughs> just as a bad start as the Vikings were last night but you did 103 that's not bad. Hey, I'll you take good. it yeah, I I will have to say that mine has a similar theme. I think you I'll put it this way. That game for me felt so much worse than it actually is in the grand scheme of things. Sure. I just think with the feelings of the week before and this offense and then coming out and laying such an egg and seeing all of the missed opportunities you mentioned, it was like Philly was the better team, but we also beat ourselves in this one. Sure. And so like the combination of those two things was just a recipe for disaster. And like you said, the the second half, being able to still be in it at every point of the game, there were so many sudden change plays where you could have made it a one-score game. It could have been a two-score game. It could have been you know, a field goal away. Like all of these things could have started adding up and just every single time it was like Murphy's Law. If it was going to be bad, it was going to happen. And so that to me was just the hardest thing. I, I don't want to get too down about it because I think, like I said, it was bad, but it's week two. Get it out your system so that you know when you meet this adversity, because like we were talking about last week with the honeymoon phase, when you meet the adversity, that's when you start to prove what kind of a team you are. Sure. And they just met it head on week two. There you go. You're at 105. Ooh. 
Look at us. Getting close. Getting it's, close. It's still early in the season. We still have to work out our internal clock when it comes to that kind of stuff. <gasps> internal clock? What is that? I got home at 5 in the morning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome to the NFL. It never right. stops. Right. No, I mean, it was it was great. Uh, Monday Night Football, always a fun, fun thing. I mean, it's kind of interesting that they the two games on Monday Night Football were such blowouts. Well, and both of them were on the East Coast, which is yeah, even a little Yeah, I didn't understand that. Too. I did not understand that because usually they stagger them so you can watch both. Yeah, we've played in the game where we were in San Francisco for the late night start gotcha. and, and you know, that was one of those similar kind of a thing where we got home at like four, four or five in the morning. But if you really think about it, though, like these two matchups last night and, and four last night with uh, the Buffalo game and, and then our game, those two games were fairly premier teams facing each other in that. And both of them just turned into just kind of uh, blowouts. And the home teams were the ones that capitalized on it. I know there's been a ton of talk, especially Thursday night games, like what kind of an advantage is it for a home team to be playing those kind of games? Um, but going into a place like Philly or, you know, in the other game, going into a place like Buffalo yeah. on a Monday night game with the fans completely juiced up with the chance to be undefeated after two weeks, I think they both fan bases were just enjoying it last night. I think they're just two fan bases that cannot handle the fact that, like, are we back? Yeah. Are we back? Do you think we're back? It is the, it is the thing that everybody tends to point at and say, is this the time of year that everyone feels like they're in it too early? You know, everyone's all excited and everything. And we talked about overreaction week after week one. You know, this is week two. And uh, it's something that for us, we enjoy when you're, you've got that chance at a potential 2-0 and start. The crazy part was I was really looking back at all of the current standings for all of the teams right now. You have three undefeated teams in the AFC, and you have three undefeated teams in the NFC, and that is it. And, and so if there's a year that uh, parity-wise with the I amount of— I love that word when we talk about the NFL. The amount of one-on-one mm-hmm. teams that are after two weeks, I think everyone tends to feel like they're, they're pretty much in it still. All right, we got a special appearance on on the, on the clocks right now. Gabe just walked in from winning here. formula. I'm just hopping in mid conversation, and I just heard Jay talk about parity. This is, I mean, everybody's just overreacting right now because of everything that's going on. Everybody wants their team to be undefeated, but there are still 15 more weeks of games to be played. So why why panic right now? Um, that's actually the next segment I was going to bring up was don't press the panic button, and I was going to ask you guys for like one reason you think. Fans should not be pressing the panic button. You know, there's a lot. I I listen to a lot of what's going on around. You know the the reactions afterwards. A lot of oh, same old team, same old thing we've always gone to see. But I think like you gotta take a page out of the staff when they say like you can't get too high with the highs and you can't get too low with the lows. And this is kind of like you've had those two case examples so far. But, Gabe, if you want to tell panic? us one reason why – no, that's not my panic. But do you want to tell us one reason why we shouldn't press the panic button? Um, on top of it being just one week, we still don't know the identity of this team yet. Like we, We've seen flashes of Justin Jefferson week one. Outside of the drop outside of the drop on Monday with Irv Smith Jr., we saw him flash. He had a touchdown. Uh, Dalvin Cook is still going to be Dalvin Cook. We haven't seen what Adam Thielen can do yet in this offense. There, there's still so many viable options on both sides of the ball that we could take full advantage of, which we can play into our favor as the season goes on. So um, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for our defense to continue to uh, find ways to be successful. Last Monday wasn't the, the best way of doing that, but we're still fairly healthy, so why why press the panic button now? No, you. I mean, like you said, fifteen more weeks. The teams that are sitting at the 
end of the season last year, if you would looked at the week two, it's probably a completely different picture. That's just how it goes every yeah. single time. This is the adversity that Kevin O'Connell asked for earlier in his press conference. I'm sure he'd love to go undefeated, but I think the reality of that is something that for most most people, with the exception of basically the Miami Dolphins, the idea of an undefeated season is not reality for most people. And Kevin O'Connell was saying that at some point he wanted to see what kind of adversity. Now, I don't know if he would necessarily want to have that kind of a show but I think out, he but... wants to see, like, I mean, they didn't they didn't play these guys together in the preseason. They don't have a lot of, like, chemistry. But I mean, I, they have chemistry, but they're not, you know, they're not who they're going to be in, like, week 10 through 17 right now. It, it's not how you start. It's the finish. It's the marathon kind of mentality of this thing of you feel pretty good after the first two miles, and then you get to the second two miles, and you start to feel some aches and pains. I think the goal is for these coaches to be able to, you know, bring them back in the locker room, get them in there, say, all right, you know, watch the film, learn from your mistakes, let's get back out there, and you've got the Detroit Lions walking in the door who have had, you know, a couple pretty good showings so far in the first Ooh. two weeks, and you just realize that, you know, they're not going to roll over for you. So for this team, it's like, yeah, you got punched in the mouth. Now you got to get back out there and, and keep going because if if you let this one loss define your season, then you are truly in trouble, and I just don't see this team doing that. We had, what, four months to prepare for the Green Bay Packers, and all, I feel like a lot of our energy was curtailed to that game that – after that game, it was like, okay, now we get to find out who this team is. Or now we get to figure out the word chemistry you just used. Now we get to see how this team can bond and build that chemistry together. Like, there are going to be times like this later on in the year. So I, I would much rather us get these losses out now than do it against, uh, quote-unquote, America's team next week. I've, I've heard – I've read a, a <laughs> oh, tweet. Um, the hard, hard knocks, knocks, hard knocks yeah, love. Yeah, I read a tweet. It was like – the the Lions are a few games away from being America's team, and I was like, "Is that the well, hard America's team effect? is crumbling right now?" Yeah. So <laughs> there is no, yeah, yeah, that, that's another maybe, story. In maybe itself. They, maybe they have been, maybe yeah. they are making their way up so, there. Just thinking, maybe of, they're just America's darlings. Ooh, I like that. Mm -hmm. But I, I look at it at the same time as like when you have a team that doesn't win often, kind of like the Cleveland Browns. Uh, years previous, or like the Cincinnati Bengals last year. When you have a team that doesn't win often, when they actually have something that that changes in their favor, teams get on board with that. You don't really want to see a team that's winning all the time. So we haven't been winning all the time, guys. Yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> so Well, I think people were really, really drinking the purple Kool-Aid after week yeah, one. Yeah. Do you guys subscribe to the like hangover, quote-unquote hangover of a Packers win for the performance um, in a Monday night football game? Not necessarily on my end. Um, it can be a little bit where, yeah, you're like you said, Gabe, you're, you're geeked for four months to get ready for your huge rival and everything week one, but I don't necessarily feel like this performance was indicative of that's why. Um, it felt like Jonathan Gannon, you know, on the, the on the Eagles defensive squad, former Viking coach was over there, and it just, they had a really solid game plan as to how they were going to try and neutralize our, our bigger weapons defensively at the line of scrimmage, the, the point of attack, they were all over Dalvin and anyone as soon as the ball was handed off. Like they just, they had a very sound game plan and it felt like they were flying around the field geek knowing that we had put up a ton of points week one and they just felt like Philly wise, they, they just had that mentality of not tonight. This is our house and this is what we're going to do. Their first drive of the game, they lined up with five defensive linemen. So they basically were telling us, run the ball if you want. And we kind of took that as like, okay, we're going to throw the ball. And their defense was like, well, we're not going to give you guys any big plays. So it, it was a, in a nutshell, it was a 
kumbaya moment for our team to say, like, okay, we, we really got to go back to the, to the drawing board, go sit down in the fire and figure out who we want to become as the season goes on. Like, yeah, that high of the Green Bay Packers win was great. But to your point of the hangover, I feel like there was a little bit of a hangover on my part a little bit because I was still on, on a high a little bit. And it was like, all right, it's Thursday. Like, we got to get ready for another game. So I, I think there's a, there's a balance in that. But I, I honestly, like I said before, I honestly think this loss is great for this team right now because it finally gets to show us who we can be. The one thing for me as well is knowing that Detroit coming in the door at home, you're getting your second of three division games at home in the first five weeks. And if you can get a win over the Packers and then a win over the Detroit Lions, that is going to be big for your conference standings, even though, you know, you're no longer undefeated after two weeks. I just, these are some massive games. Philly, as of now, is in, in the number one position in the NFC East. And so for us, you know, it's, it. yes, it was a stumble. Yes, it was frustrating. Yes, it was one of those things where you saw that there were opportunities still sitting there that they just didn't take advantage of. But for me, the fact that it is Detroit coming in the door and you can go, potentially 2-0 and in your division in the first three weeks is big. Well, you can't lose this one because then the Lions become the division leaders. So, hey, just I, saying. The kitties are, are the kitties are a team that I thought was going to jump up five or six wins this season. And, and you know, you can just see. Just hopefully not against the Vikings, right? But see, that's the thing. And, <laughs> but, but here's the thing. Like, they're a team that has given us fits in the last, you know, four or five years. Even Even when they were a team that was struggling at times, they have constantly been a team that has been a thorn in our side. Now you have new coaches, but a bunch of those players, they remember those games, and it's not like they're going to take them lightly, and especially given the fact they've been putting up crazy points and crazy stats for the season. You know, the Lions are a team that you have to take absolutely seriously because they are rolling right now in the first couple weeks. Yeah, the last time we didn't take these guys serious, we we know what happened. So I don't think we'll have any any faults when it comes to that, but – um I will say the staff was here overnight. They did not get any sleep. So I think that that plan is being developed right now. And hopefully it's a good showing. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, the coaches can go through and plan as much as they want, but the players are the ones that have to show up and, and actually execute. And so for that for that being the case, I just feel like these guys know what they're in for. They have to know what they're in for because a lot of your younger players that are coming in here that are rookies – they're playing alongside veterans who have been in those dogfight games against the Lions. And I just don't feel like going into those meeting rooms this week that those guys are going to be like, yeah, well, it's the Lions. We can take them serious. After you just scored only seven points against the Philadelphia Eagles team, I just feel like they're going to be ridiculously hungry. And I know that, um, you know, we did a, a, a interview for uh, the tailgate earlier, and even their fans that we were talking to as part of that were basically saying, like, what are you afraid of? And they said, what just happened to you guys and your team being at home on Sunday? That is something that we are nervous about now going, man, they are going to be very upset on Sunday at U.S. Bank Stadium. Yeah, I spoke to a lot of players after the game in the locker room, so it was all pretty fresh. And, and honestly, I didn't get a lot of feelings of, like, they were disappointed, but nobody was angry. I think they thought, kind of like what we've been saying, this is going to be a learning opportunity. There were several things that this defense, especially when I spoke to Jordan Hicks, there was a lot of things about this defense that they learned about themselves, especially when it comes to communication. And those are the kind of things when you have a guy like Jordan Hicks and Eric Kendricks, who are the leaders of this team, the anchors of the defense, that they acknowledge this and they're going to help the younger guys. It's going to be something that hopefully fortifies the team instead of divides it. And so moving forward, 
the focus being communication, playing as one unit, doing your job, I think is what the defense is solely focused on. And, and you know, Irv was really disappointed after the game as well. Obviously, he saw that there was that missed opportunity. Um, he feels good out there. And, you know, small plug here, he is going to be the Game Day Live interview this week. So I'm excited to hear what he has to say about how everything's been going for him. But, um, you know, I, I, the him seeing him being targeted and, and – he has a lot of faith in like him and Johnny Munt and, and their unit and getting more involved. And so I think it's just one of those things where, like, we guys, I, I hate keep repeating what you guys said, but you learn from it. You move on. Happy it's week two and not, you know, playing for a playoff berth in week 16 or 17 to Monday. Just one game. Um, good thing about this week is that last game was Monday Night Football, and we get a short week to figure out the next opponent. So one less day that you have to watch film on your previous game. So you make it makes it a little bit easier to, to just flush and fix it and get ready for next week. So I know health-wise and guys are going to be a little bit more banged up, but f- as far as the mental aspect of this week, I think having a shorter week is good because you, you kind of just want to get last week's taste out of your mouth. And I think the thing, too, like you brought up Irv, you know, the idea with Irv, Having not played, you know, hardly at all last year coming in and it only being week two of this season, you know, I think those kind of situations are going to be something that um, for someone like him who has played at a high level for a long time, hopefully come in and just kind of go like, hey, that was week two. This is week three and just keep moving forward. I, I, I just have a I have faith in the fact that the veteran leadership and the new coaching staff are going to be able to get across the message of. That was last week. This is this week. Don't let that compound and turn into a problem for week three against the Lions. It wasn't all bad, and one of our better plays of the game is our 3M play of the week, and that is coming to us from someone that we love to see, haven't seen score since Christmas Day of 2020, the Kirk Cousins to Irv Smith Jr. touchdown. Osborne and J.J. left first and goal. Play action. Kirk rolls out to the right, throws right, caught. Smith Jr. with his first touchdown since Christmas Day of 2020. And that is your 3M play of the week from the field to the roof and everywhere in between 3M. The official science partner of the Minnesota Vikings is here. Visit vikings.com backslash skull science to learn more. All right, it is week three against the Lions, and and although it is a short week for the team, they're back on schedule. It's going to be a normal Wednesday through Friday, Saturday schedule leading into Sunday's game, which means we're on a normal content schedule, and another episode of The Audible will be taped tomorrow and dropped on Thursday. So, Gabe, who we got on the show this week? Dalvin Tomlinson and Harrison Phillips. Oh, nice. Looking forward to it. I love that duo. It'll be a lot of fun, so I'm looking forward to that. That'll be uh, good to have both of those guys on. I'm looking forward to just kind of seeing what kind of chemistry those guys have been able to they're hilarious. make happen. I, I just, yeah, both of them seem like they're they're very fun personalities, and so the two of them together on that show is going to be a lot of fun. According to uh, Chris Rump, he says both of those guys are the same people. They have a similar story, um, both wrestlers, both similar backgrounds. So I don't want to give too much on MVP. Just go watch the Audible this week on Thursday. That's right. And obviously, Irv is the Game Day Live interview. And then we've got another episode of MVP coming up on Friday where we'll preview the Lions game with 
Detroit native and Gopher oh, Hall of Famer. There we go, Ron Johnson. Got to you know we got to give Ron the the proper. Ron loves to talk about the Lions. He does. <laughs> These are some different Lions for him to talk about too. Can't wait to hear what he has to say. So that'll be out on Friday, and then Jay Tailgate is coming up for us on Thursday. Yeah, we've got uh, Zach Martina. He's a really fun Detroit native uh, through and through. He's already at the point where he's as he was talking about indoctrinating his kids by giving them Barry Sanders dolls that they sleep with. So <laughs> he's he's having That's a lot of fun funny. with it. He's been a, a diehard, and I think, you know, it's very understandable that Lions fans right now are getting very excited about the potential of what they could have on that team after so many years of, of struggling. But uh, Zach was a great guest, and we look forward to kicking that out here on Thursday night. Yeah, of course, that's the podcast with Cy Amundsen, who is, you know, one of our Vikings friends, longtime Vikings friends and hardcore fan. <laughs> yeah. And since you're listening to this as a podcast, the full podcast, the podcasts are a little bit longer. That'll come out Thursday morning. And then the radio show will be at 630 p.m. on KFAN as kind of the shorter version. So if you want the, the full version with all the goodies and everything, check out the podcast. Otherwise, if you can check it out on KFAN at 630 p.m. on Thursday night. That's right. We are back at it. Five hours of sleep, four hours of sleep. Who cares? We're here. We're working for you guys. We're hopefully going to have uh, be able to talk more about this matchup as the week goes on and uh, gear up for another big game at U.S. Bank Stadium. It'll be great to have fans back at the bank after that great season opener. I think the guys will need you this time, too. It'll be a lot of fun. I think the guys will love the energy once again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, from the kind of the enemy of the gates in Philadelphia oh, to back man. for some home cooking. I think they'll love that uh, Sunday here at U.S. Bank Stadium. For sure. Well, this has been the Minnesota Vikings podcast, and we'll see you guys on Friday. You've been listening to the Minnesota Vikings podcast brought to you by Pepsi. That's what I like. Pepsi, official soft drink of the Minnesota Vikings. Lifetime, the official athletic country club of the Minnesota Vikings, has something for every member of your family. Get your family going at lifetime.com forward slash kids.